With the Chargers salary cap situation, it is going to be as important as ever for them to hit on their draft picks, and there are three positions they must address with their first three picks. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen today. To make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And David, we have a big Chargers mailbag we want to get into today, including... Our first look at what the Chargers need to get in the draft with the free agency, you know, budget being pretty low right now. They're going to have to do a lot of their big moving and big improvements in the draft. That's going to have to be where they get it from during this offseason as we see it right now. So we're going to talk about the three positions we're looking for them to target early and then also get into some of the free agents that they have impending unrestricted guys. Who would you pick if you had to pick from, you know, Trey Pipkins or Drew Tranquil? There's some really, really tough, you know, decisions for the chargers coming up here i mean morgan fox you could also throw in there as well and we'll also talk about two players that fans love that might not be able to be retained and a couple of players that maybe will be retained that maybe fans aren't as excited about and then also get into if justin herbert has the eye of the tiger like joe burrow and patrick mahomes and some of these other tigers out there but today's episode is brought to you by ultimate football gm ever dreamed of becoming an nfl gm and managing your football franchise and this is the game that's definitely for you to download the game just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores our listeners get a 100 percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on all caps in the game let's start off our twitter mailbag or chargers mailbag with some voicemails as well from chris saiz who always puts in some questions thanks for the question chris and he's asking with the three draft picks with the first three draft picks, if you had to choose, what positions are you taking? So this is tough, David. I mean, if you look at the Chargers roster, there's a couple different places that you would definitely look at earlier on in the draft, you think, where they have the bigger needs. But when you're looking at it and knowing, you know, those top three picks are really at a premium where you get your best chances of adding impact players to a team who wants to contend next year, where are you going? Well, I mean, I think when you're looking at this question, you have to also take into account what needs might pop up depending on what happens in free agency as well. So I think I have a couple of those positions that are kind of on my, you know, fourth or fifth spot. But if you're making me pick, I think the first three that I really feel like the chargers need to address or need to add in the draft would be edge. You know, you always need guys that can get after the quarterback and with the unfortunate, you know, Joey Bosa injury issues that he has really been plaguing him his entire career. We've seen how incredibly important it is to have somebody be able to get after the quarterback. Even when you have a premium edge rusher on the other side and Cleo Mack, you just can't get the most out of that guy if you don't have somebody else that is as imposing, at least as a pass rusher on the other side. So edge is one of them. Tight end, I think, is another one that I think the Chargers can really find some explosiveness, find somebody that can really be a partner with Justin Herbert and kind of grow in the league together. Justin's still a very young quarterback, and I'm still going to be pounding the table for this one until they make it happen, and that's a speed wide receiver, baby. You got to have it. I'm tired of them missing on this 
just really obvious, blatantly obvious situation here. They need to get somebody in here that has blazing speed. It just feels like you are doing a disservice to Justin Herbert if you're not getting him the speed that he needs. And two other ones, just dark horses real quick, safety and linebacker, I think are two other positions that may change on the priority list depending on what happens in free agency. Yeah, I think those are good calls. I think as far as what changes with free agency, I mean, I don't think they're bringing Nazir Adderley back, so I don't know if that, you know, changes it because really it has a lot to do with JT Woods. I think, you know, Alohi Gilman obviously stepped up this year, so are they willing to roll back with him and JT Woods? That's interesting. If Drew Tranquil walks, I mean, you're going to have a big hole there, right? And, I mean, even as we see the linebacker court right now, it still feels a little bit incomplete, even with him and Kenneth Murray. So that's a good call, too. If you're looking at the top three I think a lot of it has to do with what the draft has as well. You know, like this is a draft that a lot of people are saying, hey, maybe not the best wide receiver draft. And maybe that means hey, you don't take a wide receiver in round one. Or maybe it just means that you get to pick 21 and you get your pick of the litter. Maybe none of them are legit top 10 type of picks, but you get to kind of pick your flavor, what you're looking for out of the guys who are available. I think. Either a game-changing, getting more explosive at tight end or wide receiver, I have, I think they have to do in their three picks, in the first yeah. three picks. Like, if you get an explosive wide receiver and you want to wait to get a tight end, I understand it. You can run it back with Gerald Everett one more year. If yeah. you want to get an explosive tight end that's going to help your explosiveness that way and you want to wait a couple rounds and just find someone who can stretch the field a little bit but maybe isn't as high of a prospect as someone like a Jalen Hyatt or something like that, I think I would, could get behind that. But I think it has to be one of those two with the first three picks. You have to get more explosive playmakers for Justin yeah. Herbert, as other teams with young quarterbacks have done. I like edge rusher as well. Uh, I mean, that is somewhere where you're also hearing it is a deep class for edge rushers. You should be able to get someone in. I mean, you need a plan for after Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack as well, right? Those are yeah. two big contracts, and the Chargers really have no leverage with those situations right now because they don't have any backups to them. There's no, no heir apparent in the building. Chris Rump probably isn't that guy, right, through a couple of seasons now. And you have to groom for the future, and also you're still helping yourself in the right now because you always need pass rush. The chances both of those guys make it through 17 games is not high. You need it. And then I will say corner. Corner is one for me, David, where I think there's a lot of uncertainty there because – First of all, you don't know what J.C. Jackson is going to look like when he comes back. And you already have so much money invested in the cornerback position with Michael Davis and J.C. Jackson having two of your biggest contracts on the team. Yeah. Michael Davis's future with this team isn't even locked up at this point. He is one of the easiest guys to release from a cap situation. He is one of the easiest places where they can find cap space and not a lot of dead cap. So as good as he played, it's not a guarantee that he's back with the Chargers in 2023. That makes your, you know, cornerback situation feel even murkier. And also Bryce Callahan, he played a huge role for you in 2022. Yeah, he, he might have, you know, kind of taken himself out of the races. Yeah, might have priced guys. himself out, right? Might have priced yeah. himself out exactly. Yeah. So that that is an underrated need for me, going along with your linebacker, you know, and safety needs for sure. But yeah, another question that we had about the draft was this: it was. If you are in the first round, would you take a tight end or would you end up taking a running back? And that's funny because, I mean, tight ends huge. You have Michael Mayer, guys like that. You have Dalton Kincaid. You have Darnell Washington. There's a ton of really, really interesting prospects. I think Dane Brugger has five tight end prospects in his top 50, which is Sheesh. a lot. 
yeah, it's a you should be able to come away with a playmaker from that position. But the running back is really only one guy. It's B. John Robinson. And I think, David, that has a lot more to do with just philosophy. Are you willing to take a running back in the first round? Nope. No, <laughs> I am not. I'm sorry. Uh, I, just the percentage of running backs that get selected in the first round that actually pan out and have a successful career and and quantifying success for a running back because their longevity in the league is so short just compared to most other positions because they take a pounding. They get hit all the time. So I just don't believe in spending a premium first-round pick on a running back no matter what kind of collegiate career they are coming off of. I just I can't see it. And so for that reason, I would have to go tight end for sure. Yeah, and that was from Bolts1955 on Twitter just to get a shout-out for that question there. I mean – It'd be tempting. John Robinson is probably, you know, the most special running back in this class. The only guy that would make a team consider using a first round pick on him. And I mean, the thought of putting that dude with Justin Herbert is obviously great. We've seen Tom Telesco take one first round running back. It was Melvin Gordon. So not a great track record there. Really, in general, is there a good running back that Tom Telesco has drafted? Nope. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yet. I mean, Josh He's Kelly definitely him. improved. Sure, give, Josh Kelly's gotten a lot flowers. better. He got He's gotten better, a lot better. I need to but see more. I think it's about a diversified room, too. Like, I mean, yeah. Bijan Robinson kind of reminds me of LT. You know, just the balance, being able to just stay up, make people miss, you know. But, like, LT doesn't go top 10 if he's drafted in 2022 or 2023, right? It's just a different game now. That's It'd be true. tempting. I'd probably lean against going over a running back. But if you say you have a game-changing running back, someone that can kind of single-handedly improve your running game, I can four maybe running buy into backs it. in four years, though, Daniel? Are exactly. we really doing it? I mean, but the thing is, is for three running backs in three years, and you still don't really feel like you have the answers right there, and the running game still isn't good enough. But we do have more to get into, including some of the key free agents the Chargers will have to keep around in this upcoming free agency period. And we're also going to get into two players who fans love that might be getting the chop because of cap reasons and just not being able to bring back anyone, or not everyone at least, especially some of the Chargers' most productive players in 2022. And we're going to get into that, but first I have to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. I'm really geeked for our new partner and a sponsor of today's episode, the mobile football game Ultimate Football GM. Right now is probably the best time to play Ultimate Football GM because it's the offseason, so if you want to find a way to build up your franchise, to build a franchise that can go win a Super Bowl unlike the Chargers were able to do in 2022, you can go with the Ultimate Football GM where you can hire the right coaches and coordinators, trade players, make draft picks, and navigate your franchise through free agency, the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. Some of the things that happen are stranger than fiction on the Ultimate Football GM. You will have to definitely navigate some landscapes where you're going to have to try to pull through in some difficult situations. It's very, very realistic. And Lockdown Chargers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, in the game store. That's LOCKDOWN, in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the app, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Let's get back to this fan mail show, David, and we have some more in our Chargers mailbag that we want to get into. I want to talk a little bit about some of the Chargers' impending free agents because as we stand right now, the Chargers are $19 million over the cap in 2023. So 
thinking that they're going to be able to bring back all their best players is not going to happen. I mean, it wasn't going to happen last year when the Chargers had a ton of cap space and they had guys like Kazir White and Chen Nwosu and Justin Jones that were all headed to free agency. And it's going to happen again this year because the Chargers are way more strapped than they were. And I'm sure there's a plan, and we'll talk about that in the cap you know, ramifications of it all. They're going to have to make some really, really tough decisions because, unfortunately for them, a lot of the players that they had, you know, really have career years were headed towards free agency. Guys like Drew Tranquil, Trey Pipkins, Morgan Fox. And that's why McKinley Pierce is asking us today, if you could only re-sign one of these three free agents, who would it be? Trey Pipkins, Drew Tranquil, or Morgan Fox? What do you think? Man, this is why I am not a GM in the NFL because this, <laughs> this is, is why. a horrible question to have to answer because hey i've rooted for all of these guys i've watched them all uh, you know i want them all to do well and they have all had really good seasons for the chargers but if we're looking at if this you, could, just, you would bring them all back of course i would absolutely i would yeah. love to sign them all because i feel like they all uh would make the team better and but unfortunately you can't do that so in in the context and the confines of this question here it's what position is the most valuable and to me, that is the tackle position. And so that would mean that I would have to bring back Trey Pipkins and Trey Pipkins had a great year. I mean, even battling through an MCL injury that was plaguing him most of the year, he gave up only two sacks and eight hits and 586 pass blocking snaps. That's according to PFF. That folks is damn good. Okay. Yeah. That is very, very good tackle play, especially considering where he came from. To where sure. he is now, it is night and day, a completely different player. He has earned himself another contract. The Chargers should reward him with such. Yeah, and that's borderline elite, you know, right tackle play. Probably not at the level of the Lane Johnsons and Ryan Ramchicks of some of those guys, but like the next step down, you will absolutely take because the Chargers spent so long trying to look for a right tackle. You have one in the building right now. That is the one of these three guys you have to get the deal done with. And I think the other thing about this is you can – still kind of buy low on him, right? Because of yeah. him being in and out of the lineup, because of some struggles he had trying to play through the MCL sprain that he had, maybe he's not a guy that, you know, 16 teams are trying to knock down the door on because a lot yeah. of teams need right tackles. You have to hope, I think out of these guys, he's the guy that could potentially be flying under the radar a little bit. The Chargers definitely might be able to get in and get him below market value. I think out of these three guys, the guy who is – most likely to outplay his contract is Trey Pipkins. Like, yeah. what with what right tackles are making, I don't think he's going to get that on the open market. Like, no. I think Drew Tranquil, if he signs, you know, two years, seven million dollars a season or something like that, right? Or Morgan Fox. Morgan Fox had six and a half sacks from defensive tackle last year. Somebody's going to be willing to pay that dude, and I just don't Absolutely. think the Chargers are going to be able to. And I think it'll be a huge loss if they can't. Yeah, it's going to suck. But I do think that. With Trey Pipkins, though, you might be able to get him cheaper while, you know, maybe he doesn't know his worth or other teams don't yeah. know his worth. And if he can play at the level he even played at last season and you can get him for half of the price of what the top right tackles are making right now, I think he has a really good chance of outplaying. And I think for that reason, that's who you have to go with. Plus, I, I just don't think the Chargers offensive line can lose anyone. Like, I don't no. think you can go backwards and you don't have the money to go buy new guys. And you don't have the draft capital to kind of sure, surely be able to find the right guy to go in, right, with who you have right now or to, to know that that guy is going to be able to step in. You know what Zion Johnson brought this year. It's hard to just bring in rookies and assume that they're going to start for you right away. It never quite works out that way. But that brings us to our next question from Sherd on Twitter. 
who's had tough offseason decisions, who are two loved players who may not return, and two eh players that may get re-signed. So I'm going to go right back to that last one, David. I mean, Drew Tranquil and Morgan Fox are the two I'm most afraid that the Chargers could lose during this offseason and really can't afford to. They don't really have a, a pass rushing defensive tackle at all besides Morgan Fox. And Drew Tranquil is easily the best linebacker on the team. Like, and, and I just think that those are two guys, fan favorites, that realistically the Chargers might not be able to bring back. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. I had Tranquil on my list as well. It just seems like if you take him out of the equation and you got Kenneth Murray there, who else are you bringing in? Is it Nick Neiman? Uh, I, I mean, yeah. that's really the only other option. No air apparent, sure. Right. The drop-off there is considerable. My other guy here is Kyle Van Noy. I think Kyle yeah, Van Noy, towards the end of the year, really turned into a really good football player for the Chargers and really made an impact. Seemed like he was really starting to to understand everything. Five and it was sacks clicking. in five games. Yeah, yeah. He, he really, really turned it on when the Chargers really, really needed it. So I think that's definitely the two guys that, uh, unfortunately, I think uh, the Chargers are not going to be able to bring back. But as far as the eh guys, uh, I think it, it's uh, it's uh, it's probably going to be Easton Stick that they're going to bring back. I don't think Chase Daniel is going to have another year Easton with Stick's the Chargers. And uh, Will Clapp is going to be the other guy that is just kind of eh, but I mean, he's a, a guy, a guy that you can bring in. He's going to at least play kind of suitable for uh, just a small period of time. I think those two guys are just didn't do a whole lot for me, but I just seemed like those are Chargers type of moves. I think they would bring both those guys back. Yeah, Will Clapp played admirably when he had to fill in for Corey Lindsley. I, I think that's a, a sign that should get done, but it's definitely yeah. not something that's going to get you excited either. Right. I had instead of, you know, Easton stick, which God, and I hope that doesn't happen. I had Deandre <laughs> Carter because I, I not that he's like eh, all the way, but like, I think he's eh, as a receiver. Right. And, and I think you saw him when he had to try to take more on his plate. He did much more than I think anyone could have expected before the season. Can they started. find somebody else that could replace that production from the wide receiver standpoint and then get somebody else to return kicks? That's my question. Though, it's the punt returns. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it just like I, you don't have an answer necessarily as a punt returner. You should just be able to find one. It shouldn't be that hard. That's what right. he was brought in originally for. So you have to hope, you know, if he does come back, it's more just of that role and not somebody that you're having to rely on in big yeah. time moments and, and, you know, giving jet sweeps to on third right. and ones or, you know, when it's not yeah, him, Michael Bandy. Like it's just. He, he didn't fit in that way. He's not he a guy way that, more than he ever should have on sure. offense. Let's be honest. And he here. played well for a yeah. wide receiver who's sure. five, nine, like trying to make Absolutely. it in the NFL. He played yeah. very well, but I definitely think he could be one of the guys that comes back as a punt returner potentially, but I don't think it's anywhere near a guarantee by any means. But I think roster construction has a lot to do with it, right? Like having to yeah. keep that wide receiver on the roster for special right. teams purposes, but maybe he's not the next guy that should be going in when you need to run your offense, right? And you lose someone like Mike Williams or, or something like that, and he's the next man up. Not great roster construction-wise. So we're going to talk about how the Chargers can improve their roster construction. And we're also going to talk about if Justin Herbert has the eye of the tiger, has that it factor like some of the other top quarterbacks in the NFL. And also get into if we trust Brandon Staley's defense with all the talk about the offense, maybe not enough people are talking about if we trust the defense going into 2023 but i do need to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by our new favorite sponsor and of course i'm talking about fanduel i'm super excited about this partnership is somewhere i've used in the past already so it's really good that i get to just talk about them openly now because it is something that 
I think if you're looking for a place to place your bets, FanDuel is the best place. And the NFL player playoffs are here now, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On. It's very great. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers with FanDuel join today, and you get a $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. You place a $5 bet, you get $150 in free bets. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. That is a game changer. Being able to pick multiple props in the same game and have to be able to parlay that and get giant winnings. That's one thing you get at FanDuel. You're not getting a lot of other places all on an app that's safe and super easy and secure to use. Right now, football fans don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We have some more Chargers mailbag questions we want to get into here, including talking about Justin Herbert. But I first want to talk about Tom Telesco in the roster construction for the Chargers because it is something that I've been critical of. And I think when you hear this question, you will realize other people have too. So this is from Normac on YouTube who asks, how do you guys think that this team can improve its roster construction? I think having six wide receivers on the active roster is a must if the team continues to throw the ball, if not for injury, to keep everyone running routes fresh. Also, I like the idea of drafting a late-round quarterback or an undrafted free agent to back up Justin Herbert. Don't think he needs a wise vet to back him up anymore in his fourth year. So that's an interesting question, David. I agree with the the undrafted free agent. You know, if you want to take a late quarterback, I definitely get that. I don't think you need to pay for a premium backup. We know that Chase Daniel, you know, what he brings to the table. He did lead a touchdown drive this year, you know, so keep Chase Daniel's good name out of your mouth. But <laughs> if you're looking for places where you kind of have to clean up, like who's Patrick Mahomes' backup? I mean, well, now nah, I guess that's a terrible thing because we just saw Chad Henney and he led a 98-yard touchdown drive. But you don't know most big quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, handed it off my like point is. 12 times, though. I mean, he didn't really do much. <laughs> no, but the thing is, though, is when you, you don't necessarily need a, a, a mentor to Justin Herbert, you can go no, cheaper on that as long as you have yeah. someone that's serviceable who's going to, you know, not lose you the game if they have to come in for a short stretch. If you lose Justin Herbert for six games, your season's going to tank anyways, pretty yeah. much no matter who your backup is. So right. you just can't really sustain that for the most part in the NFL, or at least it's very, very hard to do. But David... I think that there is a better way to build this roster, especially from a position group standpoint and just how they decide to build some of these rooms and even just how they're building like the defense physicality wise and being able to find guys who can tackle. Like I think there's ways that they can improve in that. I agree completely. Yeah. Three quarterbacks. Can we stop that? Like yesterday? I'm, I'm tired of that. That, that is horrible <laughs> roster construction. You do not need that. I, I think I, I mean, I understand it maybe having guys to support Justin in the first couple of years, Let's take the training wheels off. I don't think that's necessary any longer. One backup quarterback, that's it. Four running backs, also another thing that that needs to go. Let, let's stop doing that. Let's get three solid guys. Keep it at that. Uh, you know, maybe a swing tackle that you can actually trust. That you know, if somebody gets hurt, he's going to come in and at least play adequately. 
Uh, I think, you know, you're very fortunate that you know what Jamari Sawyer brings to the table now from, you know, that perspective, having that versatility to kind of But it didn't make positions. a lot of sense this year, roster no. construction-wise, to go in with Storm Norton as your swing tackle, right? No, no, I did not. Um, and then I agree with you on the defensive side. Having guys that are a little bit more rugged, maybe, you know, that are just better tacklers, guys that are going to be able to get guys on the ground because this defense, the way Justin, uh, excuse me, the way Brandon Staley has really constructed it, it requires these guys to really be quality tacklers because there's a lot of those one-on-one opportunities where you got to get a ball carrier on the ground. And there's too many dimes this season and the seasons past where they have not been able to get that done. I agree with all that. I I think just having a more diverse skill set in some of their position groups is really going like, is one of the biggest roster, you know, problems that the Chargers have. When you look at it, I mean, look at the tight ends and receivers, right? You have basically two tight ends who are really only receiving tight ends and Gerald Everett, Donna Parham, Donna Parham has come a long way in that regard. Right. But then you have Trey McKitty who's supposed to be just a blocking tight end. He can't block. Right. Like, and that, (laughs) that's a problem. Like you need more well-rounded guys, or at least, Hey, get someone, you know, is good at blocking, get someone, you know, if you're going to have just more receiving options, or just lesser blocking tight ends, find other guys who can do that job that you can put in there in certain situations, right? And they don't really have that. Look at the wide receiver group. You had one speed receiver going into the season, Jalen Guyton, and even he is not like the top ends of NFL speed or what NFL teams consider speed. The fact that you went into the season with only that dude as a field stretcher, I think is pretty bad roster construction to have every yeah. other wide receiver that you have after that running at four or five plus as much as you know we've heard them talk about how they don't really a lot of times there's just four wide receivers too i mean a lot of games where it's like if one other person gets hurt they are really gonna be you know totally. in a bad situation so i yeah. agree you gotta have more guys that can go out there and get the job done when i think even like the running backs right like you have austin eckler who's dynamic right yeah, but i think for behind sure. that I, I know Josh Kelly has improved, but like you don't have any true explosive running backs from an athletic standpoint, right? As far as yeah. guys who are home run threats. Right. And you also don't really have any guys who are physically imposing bruisers. Like there's not, you, you don't have those identities. You don't have the diverse skill sets in that, you know, core of running backs. And, and that, right. and that's one thing where I think just roster construction wise, they could do a lot better at, but we do have a couple of voicemails I want to get into, including if Justin Herbert, has enough swagger to get the Chargers over the top. Guys, this is Ben from Arkansas. I love the show. I've been listening to you this whole year. It's been great. My question for you guys is, do you guys think that Justin Herbert has that eye of the tiger or the swagger that a lot of the other elite quarterbacks in the league do? Um, Just for example, you look at Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes or even Josh Allen, that they kind of have this uh, eye of the tiger mentality that you see see kick in in late games and sometimes it seems like Justin Herbert doesn't really have that he seems timid what do you guys think thanks again love the show go Bolts well David I saw you making faces over there when everyone else couldn't see you what do you think about that I really don't subscribe to that at all and and I think you have to look at what he has done late in games 10 fourth quarter comebacks 13 game winning drives in Three in year one, five in year two, and five in year three as far as the game-winning drives. He definitely has that ice water in his veins. He has that eye of the tiger. He's not as demonstrative 
with, you know, with his emotions on the field, right? We saw the kind of first down symbol that he gave against Miami. And that's kind of been the tall and the short of it, right? He just doesn't do that a lot. He doesn't show that type of personality a lot, but does he have that ice water in his veins? Does he have that stillness? Does he keep that low heart rate in those big moments? I think he definitely does. And that's why he's been so successful winning games for the chargers. And when his best is required, a lot of the times he's been able to produce that and get a win for the for the Bolts. And it's easy to forget that that's one of the reasons he was doubted in the draft to begin with, right? Because people weren't sure if he really had that. And and really what this is asking is if he has the it factor, which is, I always think is dumb. I, it's cool when your quarterback has swagger. It's cool when you can be Joe Shiesty and Joe Burr. Right. Like, Joe that's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, for sure, Joe Cool. Like, that. that is all really cool. I think most people wish their quarterback would be that. And – like Philip Rivers was super demonstrative, right? Philip Rivers wore his emotions on his sleeve. The Chargers could not have gone from two more completely opposite, you know, quarterbacks personality wise than Philip Rivers to Justin Herbert. It doesn't happen like that. Love often. to get a Justin Herbert mic'd up, but I don't know if we're going to get that anytime. <laughs> they probably soon. tried it and he just didn't say anything. I remember they did it for one of the training camps and like the biggest part of it was like his pads clicking when he threw the ball because yeah, he was about it. throwing and throwing and throwing and no words being spoken. <laughs> Don't also forget the guys who had the factor that didn't work out. And there's plenty right. of them, right? I mean, you talk about Baker Mayfield has that chip on his shoulder, right? Johnny Manziel. Underdog. Johnny Manziel, another guy I have on my list. Yeah. It doesn't always work out. That alone isn't enough. I do think it is, you know, important not to forget the big moments that Justin Herbert has showed up and it showed up in a big way, including yeah. this season, the throw for the Titans against the Titans for the win. Yeah. Falcons, big throw to set up the game winning field goal after the fumble that got fumbled. Two-point conversion drive versus the Cardinals. Balled yep. out in the game against Tua where everything yep. was heightened times 10 going up against his draft classmate. And how mm -hmm. is he going to perform against a guy who had been better than him in his draft class that this season at least? And he showed up in all this. He's shown up in prime time. He showed up in the seven week seven or week 18 against the Raiders with the season on the line and playoffs on the line. And showed up in big way, converted fourth yep. down after fourth down. Did he show up in this last game against the Jaguars? Like, no, nobody did. It was a full team collapse, but it can't yeah. really just be on his shoulders. I don't think that him not having the eye of the tiger or that swagger is necessarily, you know, stopping him from being great by any means. Let's squeeze this last voicemail in here before we get off, David. This is if we can trust Brandon Staley's defense with everyone talking about the offense. This is Kirk in Eagle, Nebraska. Hey, I just have a question. I know everybody's all hyped about the offense, offense coordinator and all that, but my question is, do you trust this defense? I have been thinking about it, and I just don't understand how the defense can be so good and so bad at times. You know, um, even in that last game against Jacksonville, they were great in the first half, bad in the second half. just doesn't make any sense that that defense can look so good or so bad at times, um, kind of fluctuate so much. Anyhow, that's my question. Thanks. Have a great day. Yeah, I think that's a, a very fair question with Brian Daly. David, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, how much you're buying into that four-game winning streak for the Chargers down the stretch. And if that is indicative of things to come, or if it's really more what you saw the last two games, which was inconsistency, getting beat up by a bad Broncos offense, and then obviously blowing a huge lead against the Jaguars. I mean, I, I think I, I like the concept of not giving up the explosive plays, but the problem is, is in practice, that didn't work out. 
The Chargers defense gave up a ton of explosive plays on the ground. And in practice, you mean runs. by like in the games when the right. thing, when yes. you actually had to try to stop the explosive. Right. Yeah. You're looking at the concept of the defense on paper and then the application of it on the football field. Theory, yeah. Those two things did not match up. So sure. I, I like the concept. I just didn't like how it was applied on the football field for the Chargers. Too many explosive plays in the passing game, too many in the running game. The run defense was horrendous, and I just don't like that, oh, I'm just going to be okay with them running the ball as much as they possibly can and really shoving it down your throat because I think that also calls to the an attitude type of situation there too, which we always just kind of spoke about the Chargers as not being more of a physical team. They've been more of a finesse team, and I think that also you know showed itself this season. I would want the defense to be a little bit more physical, a little bit more violent and I don't really haven't really seen that in many many years for the Chargers defense so for those for those reasons I don't really trust the Chargers defense no I don't think you can fully trust them I I I like to think you know that four game winning streak is indicative of what you could see over a larger sample size at the same time it's hard for me to imagine personnel wise the Chargers being a lot better unless they're getting major you know contributions from their draft picks in 2023 defensively they have so many big contracts on that side of the football anyways with Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, and JC Jackson. That's a lot of big contracts on one side of the ball. That's not something that's easy to do to, you know, add to that. Plus we have all the other guys we talked about, like the Kyle Van Noyes and Morgan Foxes and Bryce Callahan. Those guys are not going to be easy to replace, David. Can you continue to find those one-year deals? And the other thing is we've seen good game plans, Kansas City, Miami, San Francisco, the Raiders, but we haven't seen the adjustments, and I think that's where the other fear comes from. Yeah, it de- it definitely is part of it. That uh, the adjustment part of it, especially in the second half of the Jaguars game, I think that's the big biggest example of the entire season. Is you see the Chargers just dominate in the first half, and and really feel like they have an answer for every single thing that the Jaguars offense was trying to throw at them. They dominated them. They completely confused Trevor Lawrence had him had his mind spinning but in the second half the team that made the adjustment is the team that won and and that was the Jaguars and the Chargers defense gave up 24 points in that second half they could not get one stop they get one stop and and they change the trajectory of how that game ends but that's uh, unfortunately another reason why you can't have a lot of confidence in what you've seen out of the Chargers defense well, we just haven't seen it in two seasons be a good defense for a whole season, right? Or right. even really half of a season. It's been a super inconsistent unit, and injuries have played a huge factor in that. And the offense hasn't helped either, right? The offense didn't help them against the Jaguars when they needed them to. Didn't right. capitalize on the turnovers they got early in the game, right? Or at least fully capitalize them and score touchdowns off of them. The defense got hurt by the offense many times this year. That obviously didn't help as well. I just don't know how you can fully trust it. Like, you've seen him be able to game plan. Some of the game plans he rolled out this year I thought were night and day better than what we saw. Even that second game against the Raiders. They were shutting the Raiders out out early on. They started off really hot, and then guys stopped executing. I think part of it, too, is you have a problem with physicality. You have a problem with perimeter defense and corners and safeties coming up to make tackles. And this is a very, you know, gap specific defense. You have to have guys going to where they're supposed to be. And if they don't, you break explosive plays. If you have guys that are out there on the edge because you have injuries getting ragged all around, you can have the perfect scheme and the perfect play set up. If you're just getting manhandled on the edge, 
It's not going to work. And people are going to be able to get explosive plays. The pass rush wasn't good enough, which is another thing that has to be a lot better to get good defensive results for any team. So there's a lot of it that goes into it. You can have good game plans and bad executions, and there was just certain games where Brandon Staley got out coached. Other teams found out what Staley was trying to do, and he couldn't find the right punch back to get the Chargers, you know, the stops they needed down the stretch. So it's interesting. I don't think you can fully trust it at this point. But the offensive coordinator is the biggest position out there right now and the biggest one the Chargers have to fill this offseason to try to get multiple things going, including their running game and their passing game around Justin Herbert. But the Chargers have a couple of new candidates who have put their hats in the ring, and we're going to be talking about those guys tomorrow. Joe Brady, someone that a lot of people have been talking about, a very hot name in the coaching cycle. And so make sure you guys are back here tomorrow with us to break down a couple new offensive coordinator candidates for the Chargers. But to make sure you don't miss it, Make sure you are subscribing to the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and following the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you to everyone who hit us up at Locked on LAC on Twitter to get your questions in today or called into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We appreciate all of you guys and we're sorry to anyone whose question we didn't get to get onto today's show. Just had a ton of questions and we appreciate everyone who hit us up. And to make sure you don't miss the show, you can also find it on David Drogmeyer's Twitter at DrotalkSD or on my Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can also find us at Locked on Chargers on Instagram and on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. A lot to get into, David. A lot more off-season questions that have to be answered. We'll be back tomorrow talking about more offensive coordinator candidates. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.